everyone, and welcome to another episode of Problematic Fave, where we rediscover how racist your favorite movies are <laughs> and favorite TV shows are. Today, we have a wonderful guest. They are kind. They are smart. <laughs> I hate they you for are this. important. <laughs> Welcome, Travel Anderson. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Wait, where are you on the East or West Coast? Because I know you're you're a, a jet setter. I right now I am in South Carolina as okay. we record this. I came to check in on my mother. Oh, okay, um, good. Family stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, family time or whatever. She's at work mm. right now. But yes, I'm in South Carolina <laughs> right now. Good. Okay. So Travel. Thank you for being here. And the movie you chose to discuss as your problematic fave is <laughs> The Help, which the title in itself is a problem. Listen, <laughs> listen, okay? Listen. Okay, there's, so a lot, there's a lot to unpack here. There is. So before we're, I want to read the, uh, the IMDb, uh, whatever synopsis. Mm-hmm. Um, so the synopsis is for, if you haven't seen The Help, it was released in 2011. Can you believe 10 years ago? Wow, 10 yeah. years. 10 years ago. Mm. Um, it's an aspiring author during the civil rights movement of the 1960s decides to write a book detailing the African-American maid's point of view on the white families for which they work and the hardships they go through on a daily basis. Directed by Tate Taylor and written by Tate Taylor and adapted from Catherine Stockett's novel of the same name, I believe. It stars Emma Stone, Viola Davis, Octavia Spencer, Jessica Chester. It's a, it's a tight cast. Bryce Dallas Howard. It's a really good cast. Allison yes. Janney, Anna Camp, the, the one and only Cicely Tyson, Sissy yes. Spacek. And also watching it, I was like, oh, I didn't know Nelson Ellis. I forgot Nelson Ellis was in it. I forgot that David Oyelowo was in it. Anjanu yes. Ellis is in it. I can, I, you're actually reminding me of the, I haven't watched this movie in so long, um, but by so long, I mean like a couple months. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, the cast was, is, is stellar. It really is stellar. Yeah. But this movie was nominated for Best Picture, uh, an Oscar for Best Picture. It was the year that The Artist won remember that mm-hmm, uh, it, it was mm-hmm. it went up against the artist the descendants extremely loud and incredibly close that movie was horrible hugo <laughs> midnight in paris moneyball tree of life and war horse so this was the only movie with people of color in it in the right and they were maids yeah they were <laughs> <laughs> it was also nominated uh viola davis queen was nominated for an oscar for best actress uh, and she was uh, she lost against unfortunately Meryl Streep, and mm-hmm. uh, she was nominated alongside Glenn Close, Rooney Mara for Dragon ta- uh, uh, the Dragon Tattoo movie, whatever, and Michelle Williams for My Week with Marilyn. Again, only black nominee there. Um, Octavia Spencer <laughs> was nominated and won for yes. best performance of a supporting actress. Um, she was up against her co-star Jessica Chastain. And also Bernice Bejo or uh, Melissa McCarthy, Janet McTeer, um, and Spencer kind of made history there. She was the and she look, she was a, she made history as the first Black actress to receive two consecutive Academy Award nominations back to back. This was after I think she was nominated for uh, what was it? Uh, Hidden Figures and then Shape of Water. 
this was after. Oh, yes. Fact, yeah. yeah. Um, and she's the, I think to date, she's second most nominated Black actress. I'm not really sure there. So, sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> background on the show, we we're doing all this extra stuff. Um, the the author of this book grew up in this is what I'm reading from the Wikipedia's. Mm-hmm. Uh, she grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. Because I was like wondering, is this based on a true story? What's the deal here? Mm-hmm. But I guess she wrote this, um, you know, uh, about her close relationship with a black domestic worker, uh, and it's her first novel, and that's that good for her i don't know i don't know what she's doing now uh but travel what is your connection to this movie like what what makes you like it why did you pick this you know i've always had an affinity for movies that sh- that that center somewhat uh <laughs> like black working class people like black working folks particularly mm-hmm. from you know um um generations before this one and so like any movie about the Montgomery bus boycott or you know about you know these these um different ways to get at the civil rights efforts of them all have always interested me like I'm think I'm talking about like there's a movie called I think it's called A Long Walk Home or something like mm-hmm. that that stars Whoopi Goldberg as a, a, a maid during the Montgomery bus boycott and it's about her walking basically mm-hmm. to to her her gig every day and how the the, the white woman, you know, the white savior, yeah. um, you know, basically yes. joins the movement and starts driving her and other black folks. So like, that's one of a movie that, that I love so much. Um, and then the help specifically, you know, I think to have Viola Davis and Octavia Spencer in the same movie is like, it's huge because yes. both of them are just such talents. And then I really love, I've fallen in love so much with Jessica Chastain over the yes. years. And I always I always forget that she's in the help because mm. she's that good and she she blends into the character mm-hmm. to where it doesn't give you Jessica Chastain. And so like, th- those are the things that I love about this movie, the history of it all, the acting of it all. There's some comedic elements to it that's in it. It's just like, I feel like everyone was firing on all silly. Alice and Janney firing on all, I mean, she played a racist or whatever, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know she, but she kind cylinders. of redeems herself in the end, I guess. Yes. But anyway, she does. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get, does. We'll get to that later, but yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I want to agree with you because I think this was the first movie that I actually like kind of looked at Jessica Chastain Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. I know that you and I are both from the South. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. I'm from Texas. A lot of people argue that's like Southwest, but I'm like, oh, whatever. Um, I say (laughs) y'all, so that counts. Um, But we know that woman that she played, right? Exactly. Yeah, like she was my English teacher in high school that that woman exactly and and she's sweet she's kind of ignorant but she's blissfully ignorant and she's not mm-hmm. racist and she just wants everyone to love each other and uh i i love that and i i do i i do like i think seeing this is also the first time we notice viola well for me at least we notice viola and octavia as actors mm-hmm. like thespians mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, so yeah, like I said before, the, 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 the movie title itself is problematic, you know, 
the help. I, well, <laughs> we should say, right, and one of the reasons it's problematic is because they the movie is called The Help, but the movie is really about the white girl and the white girl's Wolf. career yes. and about her perspective, you know, on what these Black women and their families are going through, yeah. you know? Because the, the movie is framed, or the book, or the whole story is framed, supposed to be this girl, Emma Stone, who, mm-hmm. whose name is Skeeter, who, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a very <laughs> queer-coded character, let me tell you. Even though she has a boyfriend in it, this girl Barely. is queer. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, we forget, right? And then, yeah. Like, it's framed as if she is like, oh, I'm going to let them tell their story. And mm-hmm. that's the problem, be to let them. When Abilene, Abilene, mm-hmm. Abilene, I, I thought her name was Maybelline at first because I watched this for the first time in months or years the other mm. night. Yeah, when was it the other night to prepare? Um, and when she could write her own story uh, and she was, it's like, it is a white savior movie, period. You can't, yeah. there's no going around it. So. And, 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 it's, it, and it's not like, it's not even hiding the fact that it's a white savior movie, right? Like I'm, I'm thinking of a lot of conversations that folks had around um, Green Book when Green Book came out, and yeah. I feel like Green Book, you know, um, tried to hide its white saviorness in a number of different interesting ways. Whether they were successful or not is a different story. But I feel like the help is 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 on its face a white savior narrative. And I think, you know, even, um, was it last year or year before last when Viola came out and she said that like, it wasn't, um, that while she, you know, she loved the movie, loved the people she worked with and all of that. But in retrospect, you know, she questions the film mm. because it does not, um, it doesn't center those women in the ways that it pr- purports to do so. Yeah. Um, because what would that film look like if, you know, the maid wrote her own story, got her own checks, not filtered through Skeeter, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what would that look like? How might that change the narrative? How might that, that you know, convey something different than what we get here, which is basically you need a white person to come along to help you tell your story. Yeah. And maybe you'll get a check for it, you know? I thought you write something from the point of view of the help. I want to interview you. No maid is ever going to tell you the truth. Courage by daring to do what is right for your fellow man. What changed your mind? God. And Miss Ellie Holbrook. Yeah. And then I also think, you know, the source, the source material is, you know, there's no because it's it's a white woman. I could, I think she's a white woman. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing mm-hmm. she's a white woman. Uh, and uh, T- Taylor, who directed, I know that he's like BFFs with Octavia Spencer. I think um, mm. uh, uh, he's a white man. I th- I don't know. I think he's queer. I'm, I'm, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to guess about his sexual orientation or anything like that. But anyways, he is a white man. And I, I was thinking through this, I was like, oh, okay, so what if they just kind of flipped it, changed everything, had a black woman director direct this, mm-hmm. have a black woman uh, or a black person uh, 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 um, adapt, whatever. Yeah. It, I think it would have made a world of difference because we, we do hear voiceover from Viola and Octavia. And I think it starts off like, oh, we're trying to tell these different stories. But then by the end of it, we hear, you know, it's it's Emma Stone's story, Skeeter's story. She even yeah. says 
at the end at one point she was just like all everyone has told their story and then kind of viola davis is like oh so what's next and then emma stone's like all it's time for me to tell mine and i'm like wait what and what she means <laughs> it's so odd because even even the parts of of the film that are related to cicely tyson's character who plays the the maid that the now deceased maid that um skeeter grew up with um mm. that and and you know skeeter discovering how trash her mother was yeah. in terms of like you know um Con Con i think constance was um cicely tyson's character name yeah. um uh, but so much so much about the narrative is in relation to emma stone's character as opposed to these black women and people living their their own full lives. I will say one of the scenes that I love the most about that film is um, near the end, after the book is published, um, when Abilene and uh, uh, I forget Octavia Spencer's- Minnie, uh, Minnie, Minnie? Yeah, Minnie. Minnie Abilene yeah. and Minnie go to church and it's a black church. Mm. David Oyelowo plays the, the pastor. Um, and it's just, a, it's this black ass moment and they give, you know, Viola Davis's character, Octavia Spencer's character, their flowers for, you know, spearheading the book. Like that, that is one of my favorite scenes mm. because ain't no white people in it um and it yeah. is one of those instances <laughs> where the the black people who should be at the center of this story get a scene unencumbered by the whiteness right yes. that always filters in whether it's skeeter sitting there at the table being appalled at mm -hmm. the behavior right that she's uh being told about from from um from the maids about these white people or or Skeeter sitting at the table when um I forget I think that's Bryce Dallas Howard's character um, the, when um, the other white ladies are are they had at bridge or some yeah yeah, some yeah. like Tupperware or party or some shit <laughs> and they're treating you know both um Abilene and Minnie like trash and she yeah. sits there and you know allows it to happen Right? Mm. What would it have looked like if she had said something continuously? What, if it, mm -hmm. what would it have looked like if she had, you know, dissociated from them? You know, she was writing that line of 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 wanting to be on the side of the of the maids, but also very much benefiting from her white femininity. Yes. You know, um, in in an interesting way, it was. There's so much. Um, there's so much in this film that I think that that you know we can pull apart and it's interesting enough that when it was was it uh june of, of 2020 you know when we were all having our summer of racial reckoning it was the number one movie on netflix i did not know that i should have known that because it was the number one movie on netflix um you, during that entire time period really? that, that goes to show oh yes oh yes and you know let's be real it was white people watching the movie to absolve themselves of they're like you know, oh, they you guys, i watched the help I'm fine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's it. That's what it was. Like I, re I remember Netflix like putting. The, I don't know. I won't say Netflix put that out as a story, but it oh, but was like did. a legitimate yeah. story about how that movie was trending so well on the platform while we all were going through these, you know, social justice, that's... Black Lives Matter conversations. Um, but yeah. I have to say, I I still like the movie because they all are acting so fucking they well. Are. It's like. There's, I think, of, of course, like, I'm not gonna like, the, watching movies like this, I mean, I you mentioned kind of like watching these working class, you know, 
people call the working class movies. I like when I watched this for the first time, when was it? When did I watch it? Like two nights ago to, to kind mm-hmm. of review. Um, I was just like, oh, I was uncomfortable watching it the whole time because of the space we're in now, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I kind of came to this conclusion. I just don't, I, I can't, or I, I think I'm just uncomfortable watching movies where it has people of color or even just subservient people like mm-hmm. serving people. I think, I know it's a reality, but I think maybe part of me is like, oh, I'm tired of watching these things. You know, I'm Very tired. So. I'm tired of seeing, you know, Mexican maids, black maids, you know, mm-hmm, even Asian mm-hmm. maids. And it's like, and even in like the Filipino culture, there is things like that. Like every, even if you're middle-class in the Philippines, there is a maid there. There are maids, mm-hmm, like my, mm-hmm. my, my, there are drivers. Like when, mm-hmm. you know, when I went to the Philippines like two years ago, um, like I went to my grandmother's house who, who had passed and there were like a team of maids mm-hmm. and we had a driver mm-hmm. and I was like oh and I think that's all, like, the case for a lot of immigrant families like you come here yeah it's normal yeah. right it's like yeah. it's it, it's almost expected in a lot of ways yeah and like it's not like I was like I was like oh, I don't I, you know I, a lot of the times I was like I could do shit myself you know I don't mm-hmm. need someone to wash my clothes because there's a way <laughs> I like to do it <laughs> period yes <laughs> um, but no with this in particular I was just watching and I was like I cannot and it's like and I was like oh don't treat our Octavia and Viola mm-hmm. like that please you know it makes your stomach churn a little bit yeah right and but that's that's what it should do right we all should watch these films especially these white savior narratives and we should feel unsettled about it the gag is there's a lot of people watching it who don't feel unsettled no they're like oh they're like oh Mm -hmm. oh the colors are getting their Mm -hmm. flowers so Mm -hmm. good for them Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. i agree with you with that scene where it's celebrating their blackness or celebrating mm-hmm. that that scene in the church. There's also one other scene that I liked and I was like, oh, uh, whatever. But it's when um, uh, uh, Jessica Chastain's character and her husband cook for Minnie. And uh, yeah. Th- yeah, there was something very touching about that. And I was just like, OK, it's like, oh, is this a one off? Are they going to cook for her every week? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the gag, right? That was yeah. supposed to be the moment of the movie. That was supposed to be the like not all whites are racist point of the movie, right? Yeah. Like that—that's what that—that's what Jessica Chastain's character and then her husband, like that's what all that is supposed to be—the the well-meaning white. Um, mm-hmm. And it is also it is one of those situations where you watch it and you're like, oh, this is a really great display of you know them them liking and want us wanting to support um many the character of many um but we don't see that happen no other time no okay? yeah this we like see a- we see a lot of them being maids we see a lot of them cleaning you know uh fucking uh, uh silver uh utensils oh, <laughs> we see a lot of them cooking we see a lot of them, you know we see the maids mating okay yeah but we don't really see all these other people kind of giving back to them yeah. in any um, massive way beyond that scene. Yeah. And I I, I enjoy that, that scene's funny because uh, uh, what Jessica Chastain's character is named Celia, Celia Foot. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And then like she hires Minnie, for those who don't know, hires Minnie in secret because she wants to let her husband know that she could be a wife and all this. Right. Um, and then towards the end when Minnie sees like or, uh, 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 Jessica Chastain's 
husband comes home and sees Minnie walking to the house and Minnie gets all scared and starts Listen. running. <laughs> She's all, Miss Fun, silly. And then like, and then the, the, the husband's all, no, 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 I know about you. My, my, my wife thing. can't keep a secret. This might be a, a hot take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Octavia Spencer plays a maid so well. Yeah, okay. Well, like yeah. she plays that style of character so fucking well. Yeah. It's I mean it's a reason why, you know, unfortunately, you know, I think I'd say up until maybe the last five, five, five four yeah. years, five yeah. years, those mm-hmm. were the types of roles that she got. Um because even even her her um uh hidden figures role has a little bit of that energy. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a little bit of that um that like sassy, rebellious, but I'm still gonna wash your clothes type energy to it. That's sassy, what it gives. But still, here's a t-shirt right there. Sassy, but still gonna wash your clothes. <laughs> you know, like that's the energy it gives. But she she plays the character so well. Viola's also amazing at these types of roles. And I think part of that is probably because they've played it so much, right? Mm-hmm. That they 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 know the the inner workings of these types of characters. Um, but that movie is it is it is at once so good and also so so problematic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like I, I agree with you about Octavia. And if you look at her roles from here until mm-hmm. I guess we got four years ago, because mm-hmm. what she she played this, and then she was in uh, Hidden Figures. She mm-hmm. was also in Shape of Water, and she was I think she was like, wasn't she like a custodian or janitor in the in in the yeah. the thing? Shape of uh, Water was a little, uh, it was, it was a little maidish. It was, it was, it was like very, it was very the help. It gave, it gave very help. Yes. Vibes, right. Uh, so she wasn't necessarily central to that narrative either. Um, but I guess it was supposed to be different because, you know, the man was a fish or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> well, also, child. Sally Hawkins character is deaf or mute or whatever, mm-hmm. but, you know, she's not mute in real life. That's a whole mm-hmm. other conversation about mm-hmm. having disabled pe- disabled representation. Um, but, yeah, I think Octavia, I, you know, but, you know, people forget that she was in Fruitvale Station and she was yeah. amazing in that, you know. Yeah. Uh, dinner for schmucks, I'm going to say. No, she was not dinner for schmucks. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. That but that's what just... happens with our actors, though. You know, black and brown actors yeah. and actresses, they demonstrate, you know, competency and excellence, you know, for the bulk of their career. But it's one or two movies that hmm. bubble up to the mainstream that then they become known for, right? Like, yeah. I always say that, like, Folks forget that Taraji P. Henson is an Oscar-nominated actress. Benjamin Button, she was so good in that. Exactly, but folks forget that. You know, we always go to, well, now everybody knows her for Empire, you know, but like before that, you know, she's been doing great work since Baby Boy, okay? Okay. All the many years ago, all right? And, you know, I know y'all just came to see her from Empire or whatever, but but this has been putting in the work. All of them have been putting in the work. And I think I, I want to say, yeah, she she was, uh, well, she was like in one episode of Felicity, which was one of my favorite shows. <laughs> she played like an RA. <laughs> but, yes. Uh, but yes, uh, I, I'm just like, like going back to what you're saying about 
we they they were like okay octavia spencer plays a really good maid let's keep her there and she'll yeah. keep on excelling in that and this kind of is parallel to what i was like kind of was thinking the other day i was watching some movie i was actually in the theater which was wild uh, mm-hmm. and i'm getting more comfortable with all that Went to see space jam that was a fun time um <laughs> Uh, but I was what I forgot what movie it was. I think it was like Forever Purge or something like that. And so there were two Asian fronted movies in that uh, trailers mm-hmm. before. There was Snake Eyes and then also mm. Shang Chi. And I was all, uh oh, like I was a like, good Asian representation. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna expect. And then also Kung Fu is onto the CW right now, so. I'm when the next couple years or this year, two years, whatever, all Asian movies or Hollywood's just going to think Asians can do martial arts movies. Which is odd. Yeah. Yeah. It's so odd to me because the movie to me that like pushes up against all of that is Crazy Rich Asians, right? And which there, there was no... No, no fighting, no kung fu, no martial arts, no nothing. And it was fucking amazing. And it did well at the box office, right? But you're right. I think there there are these tropes that the industry seems to to recycle Mm -hmm. over and over when it comes to this representation thing. When we, and, and like, we love, you know, I, I'm glad that the girls are getting their, their jobs, okay? And you're getting yeah. these checks for, for whatever you're doing, particularly if it's a big studio movie. Um, and, but I think we can recognize that and also say that, like, y'all got to come better with, with the representation. Yeah. You got to come better with the storytelling, ultimately. Because yeah. we, we, all of us, as, as quote-unquote diverse people, or people of color, whatever language, we, BIPOC, whatever <laughs> language we use it right now, child, um, we can do more than just those tropes. Yeah. And I think that's that's the thing is like we need to be allowed to do more mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. what the industry expect because yeah it's even with the Latino community it's more of everything is music oriented Selena mm-hmm. in the Heights West Side mm-hmm. Story that excels for them it's like they won't allow us to do anything else because they see it as a risk or whatever and it's just like Come on, but also know, take I, the damn yeah. risk. Yes, yes, it's a risk. It is. But guess what? Take it. God damn it. Because yeah. guess what? You're going to make up all that money back from your horribly done Marvel movie or whatever yeah. the case may be, <laughs> or some superhero, you know, franchise yeah. situation. Or some, you'll like, make your money back. Okay. You'll make your money back from like Quentin Tarantino doing his movie and he's trash. And like, you're going to continue to celebrate him no exactly. matter what the hell he exactly. does. Exactly. Because and then just give us a chance. And I think what, you know, also what you're going to say is like, the reasons why these actors of color, black actors, Asian, take these horrible roles that are horribly written is because there's nothing else out there. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's mm-hmm. nothing else. You know, you know Mike Moe, who played Bruce Lee in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, every, a lot of people were giving him flack saying, why did you do that? And I'm like, well, one, there are not that many roles. And it's a Quentin Tarantino right. movie that's going to elevate his status. And even mm-hmm. Shannon Lee, Bruce Lee's daughter, said, do not blame anything on Mike Moe. He did what he had to do. <laughs> um, Listen. He, yeah. It's hard out here. What the hell do you yeah. expect? <laughs> yeah. You know? And I, I think that's one of the important thing. Like, even with a movie like, like The Help, I think, you know, we have... We have com- black folks. We have complex feelings about like maids, Mm-mm. you know, slaves, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's one of those things where like you can't really, 
you know, critique too much the actors and the actresses. Like, uh, what's that TV show that just came out? The Underground Railroad. Uh, yeah, Gary yeah, Jenkins. Doubt, yeah. Which, which I think is gorgeous and well done, well acted, all of that good stuff, well written, all of that, all of that. But it's still a fucking slave narrative, right? Yeah. But like, do you, like? I think we have to make space for these actors and actresses to to act, to 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 do their job. The yeah, the role might not be perfect. Yeah, it might be another slave narrative. Yeah, it might be another made uh, narrative or another white savior story, mm-hmm. um, or whatever the case may be. But like. People need to work. They just trying to pay their bills. Exactly. <laughs> they just trying to pay their bills. Like, like I, were... I, let's take our criticism and put it and direct it toward the industry, direct it toward the studio system, direct it toward, mm-hmm. you know, the financiers. Yeah. Those are the folks who should be getting our critique, not necessarily the folks who are just trying to, you know, pay their fucking bills. Yeah. And it kind of that kind of just goes, it's a at the end of the day, it's a job. We all do in our lives things that we didn't want to do, but we needed to pay bills. You know, that we part. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I remember starting off in journalism when everyone was all, Ooh, what is this internet thing? You know, what, what's, what's happening? <laughs> it's like, I remember I used to get paid a stipend and then free DVDs to review these DVDs. That's what I was oh paid. God. And I remember in Austin, I would work, do that at night, but in the day I intern at some, one of those luxury Austin magazine, like, you know, those luxury mm-hmm, magazines mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, didn't get paid for that. And then I would go from there oh and then go to um, <laughs> the Dell, remember Dell computers, the Dell call center. Oh, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> in Austin. In, Dito. <laughs> and oh I my would God. take orders till 11 PM at night. Like I would work there from like three to 11 and then, and then come home and then review these DVDs and the extras and get paid. Oh my God. Yeah. But you said we have all these, like, you know, th- this is like me being, showing my age and me being old. So. well yes but but the point right is that like we've all done things that like we that we did for the check like we did for the check we did it for the work experience we did it you know yeah sometimes you do stuff because you want to work with a certain you know director you know yeah or a certain other another actor or something like that like it just that's the name of the game and so i just think we got to be more intentional about where we where we put our uh our criticisms um yeah but you know it's it's all a mess yeah project the energy onto the white people making decisions period that's 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 the bottom line right it's like it's just like you just gotta do you gotta do that um look what else is there okay so you know i wrote like i i took notes i always take copious notes when i'm watching movies Mm -hmm. and i have to talk about it Uh, and my notes are like trash so it's like uh (laughs) like leslie jordan is in it uh i forgot that he was in it he played skeeter's editor Oh my God, he did! (laughs) I completely forgot about that. Oh my God, he has like like one or two scenes. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love me a Leslie Jordan. I think he's fun. Um, Yes. Yeah, like Bryce Dallas Howard's character was like high priestess of racism, Mm -hmm. um, and she's like kind of the beta version of a Karen. You know that? Yeah, yeah. uh, Like Mm -hmm. how she's the prototype. she is and like there was i, I would i want to say that there was really no nuance to her because like right from the gate she was just a racist but then at the end when um viola davis kind of says you're a godless woman and uh she says something to the effect of i wrote it down here uh 
something about uh she's like a you're a godless woman uh aren't you tired maybe i can't send you to jail for what you wrote but i can send you for being a thief i know something about you don't you forget that but what you may says is a lot of time to write letters in jail plenty of time to write the truth about you and the paper is free nobody would believe what you wrote. i don't know I've been told I'm a pretty good writer. Already sold a lot of books. Call the police, Elizabeth. All you do is scan, lie to try to get what you want. Evelyn, stop. You are godless woman. Ain't you tired, Miss Haley? Ain't you tired? Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. such a good thing mm-hmm. because... I'm like, oh, that's so true. It's like toxic people, racist people, hateful people. Isn't it just so tired, tiring yeah. to yeah. do that? And why do they continue? Yeah, that is that is that is one of my one of the lines that I love from the film, um, and particularly that scene is because and you and you're right. Like being hateful takes so much energy. Yeah, I'm sorry. And then to the extent that Bryce Dallas Howard's character was hateful like mm. all all of the ways in which she wanted to make um Minnie and Maybelline Abel, not I said Maybelline Maybe, that's Minnie said and <laughs> Abelene's life a living hell as well as all the other maids like it's just like girl you ain't got shit else to do with your life but the gag is they racists typically don't have shit else to do no. with their life but to be preoccupied with how we are showing up in the world mm. um so you know i guess that's an accurate portrayal of it is. you know the and parents it's also like how her hatred spreads to everyone else and the influence she has mm-hmm. on on that one girl who uh viola dave i don't know what the actress's name is but the viola yeah, davis yeah and, and and anna camps care every she's like the high priestess everyone looks mm-hmm. to her except for uh celia uh, uh mm-hmm. jessica mm-hmm. chastain and i think that's why also we attach or i i, I like jessica chastain because she is an outcast yeah, yeah she's a white woman but she's an outcast and i think that's how she bonds with uh uh, uh minnie and definitely yeah yeah, it's, yeah. it's one of those examples of over at Extra Magazine, I published a piece, um, edited a piece from a writer talking about the ways in which white women are often um, kind of stand-ins for othered folks Mm-mm. in a lot oh, of films. Oh, that's good. Um, and she she did it in the, the story she wrote, uh, Aviva is her name, is in the context of like superhero movies and you know marvel and stuff like that but i think it extends to this context as well you know in terms of the relationship that we see um celia jessica chastain's character is able to build with many it's because she she is deemed celia is deemed other she's deemed different she's deemed you know country or a slut or whatever the case may be and and therefore that that difference in that ostracization helps her build some sort of affinity with this this maid character, Minnie, who ultimately you hire to be here. You pay her to be here. <laughs> but, you know, they're able to build a relationship beyond that. Um, but yeah, the, it's it's definitely interesting to, to witness that. Looking at films that like came out a decade ago, even five years ago through kind of 2021 eyes is always um, 
interesting to say the least um yes it is because i don't like i i had brooke brooke obi on here Mm -hmm. we had a conversation about cloud atlas Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and brooke loves that movie and she unpacked all of it and i told her why did you make me watch this like I haven't watched this in a long time, but at the same time, this is why I did this podcast. Just she she pointed out some very interesting things about that movie. But with with, with the help, I'm glad that you you chose this because all of us were in a different mindset ten years ago. Uh, I remember I was living in San Francisco at the time uh, this movie came out, and the press junket came through for 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 the help. Octavia mm-hmm. Spencer and Emma Stone came through and uh, we had mm. a whole did the whole round table yeah, ordeal yeah yeah and I just remember like thinking uh Octavia's great and I'm like oh good for Emma Stone she's here uh but you know that was that was that <laughs> <laughs> but I, I always tell this story about Octavia Spencer, um, uh, how she kind of realized, made me realize I was a, a kind of a, a different voice or othered in journalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not a bad story. It's like during the Fruitvale Station uh, press tour, obviously the main uh, uh, press junket was in the Bay Area where I was living at the time at, in mm-hmm. Oakland. Uh, I remember it was one of those situations where they separated the journalists. They were in different rooms and the talent kind of did the rotation mm-hmm. what or, or deal. And I was with my uh, a fellow journalist. His name was Bernard Boo. He, he's Filipino as well. And we were just shooting the shit as everyone came in. And then Octavia was paired with uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. And we were excited. We're like, oh, great. They're going to come in here. And then so they both enter. Octavia Spencer looks at me and Bernard. And we were just like, oh, like kind of give us this look. It's not like mm-hmm. bad or good. Mm-hmm. It was just, or a questionable look. He, she's just like, kind of did a double take. And then she looks at it and then me and Bernard were like, oh, what? And then she was all, it's so refreshing to see two journalists of color covering this mm. movie. And then that, and I was like, oh. And mm-hmm, that kind of that mm-hmm. was this interesting turning point in my career because I've always, I, you know, I always did, you know, I would cover Asian stuff, you know, black, you know, black character, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like very much, it was kind of just inherent. We just did it. Yeah. But she made me realize I have a platform. Yeah. And that I, I kind of, if I ever see her again, I'm just going to tell her it's like, oh, you kind of shifted my point of view and how I take my role as a journalist and I love I, that. I, I, yeah I love that story like I love sharing that story uh, I I share it plenty of times um and yeah I I think even though you know it's all trash now I'm just like trying to do our thing me me and Travel are out here listen the guys. industry <laughs> the journalism industry is a shit show you all know this already that's why you're listening to this podcast <laughs> Okay. That's but, why you follow you know, me and Travel. You know, hopefully. listen, all right. We just trying to survive. Okay. We just trying to pay our bills. Okay. So y'all give us a little leeway. All yeah, right? please. Okay. I want to I want to mention one more thing uh about okay. So Abilene. I, I love mm-hmm. Abilene, the character Abilene. Um, you know, yes, she's kind of she's she's very I, I love the character, the physicality that Viola gave Abilene. Like mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. it's she's very like no makeup stripped down yeah she also has this like limp you know she's like because it kind of gives her this characterization of like oh she's on her feet all day she's Mm -hmm. she's 
it's okay. I might get read for this or dragged for this. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of reminds me of Annalise Keating, like how she walks. Because one time, mm. <laughs> one time I was talking about this. This wasn't my words, guys. I was talking about what was it? how to get away with murder. And, Al- and Annalise Keating, how she like walks so sternly. Mm-hmm, and then, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then this, I, I forgot one of my friends was like, oh, yeah, it kind of like walks like one leg is longer than the other. And I was like, oh, okay, y'all need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? <laughs> or actually, it's not funny. I should use a different word, ironic, perhaps. Okay. Um, my aunt, my great aunt, my aunt Nettie um that's what we call it. Inez is her her real name okay. but she I forget what the condi- the name of the condition but one of her legs was longer than the other and See? so she, now I feel bad she would she would walk so it, it, it is a thing she would walk you know with a with a little you know yeah, with a, waddle, sw- let's, call will, let's call it a swagger let's call it a yeah we could call it a swagger <laughs> um but like and I, I forget what the name of the the like condition, condition yeah. or the experience or whatever was but I remember being a kid wondering what is going on with this woman <laughs> and, um, I, and then them I, saying it yeah I don't want to shame anyone this was just characteristics and I did not no, it, say but it that adds word. to the character though, yeah, right yeah. like because in, in you know I will say Viola has something about her own walk you yeah. know like as, as a woman as a she, person like, she commands a lot with whether whatever walk she does and her just her Pre- precisely yeah. but i do think you're right that it, it adds something to the character especially mm. because we saw we saw we saw that character walking a lot right mm-hmm. like we, we saw her come coming and walking and moving and and all of that and then the last scene of the movie the last scene of the movie she leaves um yeah. hilly's house yeah. and walks down the street it's, it's literally a, a long take of her walking down the street yeah as the credits roll um it is part of of the character it's part of that like um just that pressure that that the the work the toll of that type of work mm-hmm. um of course it, it, it might impact your walk or whatever yeah, yeah, the yeah. case may be you know like I, I think that's a particular like interesting thing to pull out about the the affectation okay. of yeah. the character um in particular um, yeah, there, uh, there's a lot more talk. I'm gonna like, there's not that many men in the movie, which is fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it show, okay, uh, without that. I, I wrote down, white people have no home training. That's like oh, one of the- <laughs> facts, facts. <laughs> it kind of that's like- facts. <laughs> That's facts. Um, that's, even in real life, I, yeah. I, I will stand by it. They don't wash their legs, okay? <laughs> Uh, you they know, there was, to, there was no spice. So many conversation on social media. There's a whole <laughs> slew of conversation on social media. Was it either earlier? That it was. I, I my the, sense the, of time in the last is, year yeah. is a shit show. But recently, while while the pandemic was going on, the, there was no a lot of conversation washing. on social media about white people not washing their legs. Yeah, and like I do not get it. But you're right. They have no home <laughs> training whatsoever. <laughs> and every single movie that we see demonstrates that so many yes. movies demonstrate that white people just they was not raised right <laughs> yeah and it's, you know why it's because well and also it this movie just shows how this country or a lot of these white households were built by people of color raised by mm-hmm. people of color mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. particularly mm-hmm. the black community mm-hmm. and you know it 
like I think that's kind of what got me is when I was watching it's like oh wow especially Abel needs a relationship to that little girl the baby uh, yeah yeah and yes. that that story is just so heartbreaking because we, I think we see that a lot still you know we see like in my own building I see this th there's a Mexican woman who takes care mm -hmm. of this kid I see her every day and I have mm -hmm. I seen the parents of course no. not. <laughs> that, that's so that's so real. And I think there's a line in the movie, if I'm not mistaken, where Abilene, um, it's, it's the the narration. I think Abilene said something to the effect of like she she had raised like ten children or something like that before oh, yeah. she had her first, right? Before mm -hmm. she had her own. Um, yeah. and so like that's that's that is. And that, that just goes to show the ways in which these types of people, these women in these families, because it is based loosely on like reality, right? Mm -hmm. um, black people, brown people have been raising these white people's kids um, forever. forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, and as, as a means of survival yeah. and navigating and all of that. And maybe that's where like the no home training comes into effect because at a certain age, the brown and black people leave and then the parents right. take over and then all of that home training is thrown out the window that's what well, my theory is yeah I, well, I think what it is is that like we saw even with the the in this movie the the young um child that you mentioned we saw her deference and her respect to Abilene. Mm. Abilene more was respect in the room. than her mo own mama precisely no respect for her mama if you yeah. ask me when her mama was around she was crying you know throwing mm. tantrums and all of that and that last scene that we talk about when Abilene leaves the child comes to the window and is like banging on the window that is so heartbreaking fit Be and it's because the relationship between that child and Abilene is one that actually, oh my God, I'm also reminded of of literal of the literal relationship between Skeeter's character and Cicely Tyson's Cicely, character, yes. Constance. And we talk about that they talk in the film about how, you know, they didn't know that she didn't know that Constance had died. She didn't know the circumstances around Constance leaving um, and how she was heartbroken. Mm. Right. And yeah. the, the, there's a fight between Skeeter and her mom, Allison Janney's character, in which Skeeter basically says, you didn't raise me. You were there. There you go. Yeah. But you didn't raise, you didn't raise me, me, you know? Yeah. Oh, that is so, you kind of just unlock something. There's a mirroring there. Mm -hmm, Cicely mm -hmm, Tyson mm -hmm. and Emma Stone versus the young lady. Yeah. I looked up her name. She was a twin, I think. That that oh. child, I think I may be wrong, but they did not work after this. I guess they were just like, oh, I'm one and done. <laughs> I may be wrong though, but no, there's that mirroring there, and I I, I think that that's good storytelling. I think that's good. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. I look, yeah. and that's that's why it's a problematic fate because I think it's actually a good movie. I think yeah. it's a great movie, great acting, great storytelling, great direction, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The problem part of it is that like the story is actually, you know, the, the racism, white supremacy, yeah. white savior, all of that, you know, is real, real questionable, especially because it's, it's build. I feel like people's memory of the help is that it's like a, a, a black film, a black centered film mm -hmm. when in reality even that log line you read at the beginning of the episode it's about that log skeeter. line starts with that white woman it starts yeah. with skeeter right it's um, skeeter. and so that's always interesting i also feel like people always forget 
that Emma Stone was in that movie and Jessica Chastain and like all the white people. People always forget all the white people in that movie yes. and they always center it on um, uh, uh, Viola. And Viola. And because um, they 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 turned out the best performances and Jessica Chastain. I mean, I, yeah, I argue, very yeah. much so. But more but so it, Viola. What does it say? Kidding. What does it say that the movie is remembered for its Black cast even though the story really centers on the white, the white woman. woman, you know, that's kind of what dope. does that, that's interesting to, that's, I, I, I didn't think of that until this moment, but that's really interesting to me, yeah. but you know. Um, okay, so I'm going to do one more thing before we get into kind of the closing of it all. Uh, okay. We have, we have to talk about the shit pie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like, I kept thinking about this, like, the pie look good. I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna eat shit pie, but if you like shit pie, good for you. But <laughs> how did, so for the user, a spoiler alert, uh, Minnie gets fired from Bryce Dallas Howard's house. I forgot her name, whatever. Um, because Bryce Dallas, or because Minnie uses the restroom, which she wasn't allowed to do. She had to go use the outhouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but since, you know, Octavia or Minnie is a, a, a kind of the sassy mm-hmm. maid, you know, she gets revenge on um, the racist Bryce mm-hmm. Dallas Howard, bakes her a pie, comes to apologize, and we see her eat uh, Bryce Dallas Howard eating this cake. What do you put in here that makes it taste so good? <laughs> that good vanilla from Mexico and something else real special. Mm. No, 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 Miss Walters. That's Miss Hilly's special pie. Mama can have a piece. Oh, cut her one. Go get a plate. Eat my shit. Like eating, that's some good eat acting, I want to say, because she made it look <laughs> tempting. But and then Minnie says, eat my shit. I bake my shit in there. And then mm-hmm. everyone is, everyone has a good life. Especially Sissy Spacek. I also want to just give a shout out to Sissy Spacek. <laughs> yes. who, who just kind of showed up and acted drunk the whole movie. Which is yes. <laughs> Academy yes. Award winning Sissy Spacek. <laughs> um, my question is, is like, did the smell of the shit not come through? <laughs> I got you. I got you. Okay, so, okay, okay yeah. explain. I got you. So you can put anything, if you know how to cook, mm-hmm. you can put anything in that food mm-hmm. and the person won't smell it, won't sense it. Like there- Are there you speaking is, from experience? <laughs> no, I am not. I have never baked a shit pie or anything yes. like that. <laughs> but what I am saying is that, you, you know when you were younger, and, and maybe this wasn't your experience, but like when your parent wants you to like eat something like yeah. vegetables or something and they, they work it into Mm-mm-mm-mm. something else, it's, it's, it's that similar thing. If you know how to cook, then I'll, I'm also reminded of, I feel like in a lot of black households, like old black women always talk about like, you know, uh, poisoning their husbands with, you know, putting poison um, in, in the sweet potato pie or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and them not tasting and, you know, different things like that. So I've, I feel like that might just be one of those circumstances where it's like, you know, also you don't, I, you, I imagine you don't put a lot of shit in it. Yeah. I imagine you just Maybe put enough. A, nug- 
a nugget. A n- <laughs> yeah, just just a little a, one turd. You just drop one turd, you know. But you have another a lot of chocolate that like yeah. mixes Our- in it and around it. Oh my god! Well, okay, good point. Uh, I mean. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to ever make a shit pie, but if any of the listeners do, please let us know. <laughs> <laughs> don't send it to us though. Okay. Send it to somebody else. Send honey. it to someone else. Um, but that, that, okay. You explained that well, because I get it. Cause it's kind of like <laughs> hiding the medicine in a Exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, that's what you do with your dog or whatever. <laughs> you know, maybe or- you put a little extra sugar in it to 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 cover the taste of shit. Maybe mm. or maybe maybe it's dog. Listen, it could be a variety of ways. <laughs> okay, if if that's something that you are interested in exploring for your own personal life, yeah, they are ways. Yeah, I'm sure some- somebody's got a tutorial on YouTube yeah. you. or TikTok shit pie tutorial. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um. Okay. So the at the time of this recording, uh, the help mm-hmm. is at 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. So mm-hmm. certified fresh. I still don't understand how that happened. You know, I, I mean, I don't understand the <laughs> algorithm with Rotten Tomatoes. That's just me. I'm not, I'm not right. throwing shade or anything. I'm just like, that's how I am. The that critics is con- what it is. Yeah. It is. On Rotten Tomatoes, the critics consensus says, though it falls to fully engage with, a, with its racial themes, the help rises on the strength of its cast particularly Viola Davis, whose performance is powerful enough to carry the film on its own. Good. Okay, so Terrell, I'm going to do, I'm going to read some reviews. Uh-huh. And you tell me if you think it was a person of color oh, <laughs> or Lord. not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here's one. Uh, th- not, not, I'm not reading the whole review. I'm reading kind of a, a quote. Okay. okay. Yes, it has drawn some criticism for not being authentic enough in depicting the painful disparity, but in putting rarely heard voices on screen and telling it in a story as recognizable as this, the help deserves only praise. White. No. Oh, they have have color? (laughs) It's it's Indian, South Asian critic. Her name Mm. is Shabhra Gupta. So good for, shout out to you. I might know that person. Yeah. Okay, here, here's another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the help is a bit of a conundrum because it has such a sure feel for artistic subtlety during some moments, then goes for Oscar-mongering emotional bombast in others as a civil rights drama that artfully drama- dramatizes the love for one's enemy espoused by Martin Luther King. The help is a rare White. and shining thing. <laughs> White. I'm as soon as you said Martin Luther King, <laughs> I knew because black. I mean, I guess it could have been a, a, a different person of color. But how they framed it? No black person. Yeah. When no black person, child, we not calling out no damn white people. Always, anytime it's a civil rights movement, white people love to pull out Martin Luther King. Martin wasn't. What Martin ain't had shit to do with this fucking movie. Okay. I mean, there's Medgar the assassination of Medgar Evans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Medgar Evans did, but like Martin Luther King ain't had shit to do with this. I don't think, I don't, th- I'm trying to remember. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And there, there were- could be like a small audio of Martin Luther King on a radio or something like yeah. that. But like, I, listen, uh-uh. Black people ain't yeah. putting that in their in reviews. I'm and sorry. also, I think it's kind of like, there are so many civil rights icons. When people automatically mm-hmm. go to Martin Luther King, you know, you ninety nine percent of the time. Okay, I think is what you know. <laughs> Very much so. Very much oh, so. 
Okay, and then this one's a little bit longer, but I want to see what you think. Oh, who okay. You, like, the help is emotionally manipulative, taking every opportunity to cut oh. the viewer's heart wide open with painfully depicted scenes of racial segregation and the petty humiliations African-Americans faced during that era. At one point, many rap rhapsodizes about the fried chicken and the solace of its preparation. Another maid simply drops dead from a broken heart when she is fired by her whole, by her white family. At the screening I attended, everyone was openly sobbing throughout because the movie was so relentless in its desire to wring tears out of every single overwrought moment. I was convinced that the movie was satirical or set in a science fiction universe. Okay, so I I want to say that's a black person. Okay, but <laughs> this could also give like well-meaning white person as well mm -hmm. because so here's my re my reasoning is one they used African American okay. which you know yeah, you yeah, can yeah. go either way with with African American. Mm. Um, but then I'm stuck on the word rhapsodizing. <laughs> and that just feels very particular. Um, but it, it feels like, this, I, it feels like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with a black person, why not? Let's go for it. You are correct. It was ah, Roxanne okay. Gay. It was Roxanne Gay. Okay, now that makes perfect sense. That's exactly how Roxanne Gay writes. Okay, and I can see her feeling in saying that. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, and then like also the white person. If y'all want to know, that was Josh Larson. I think I, he's a critic somewhere. Good for him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that one like Roxanne Gay's. I thought hers was that that, that was a pretty good dissertation of uh, you know, and it does yeah, sound like good. her. And it, it yeah, very sound, much it, so. It, it sounds like her. Um, but Travel, thank you so much for 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 uh, chatting with me about the help. Uh, Thanks for having uh, me. Yeah, it, it was great. Um, you made me revisit a movie. That, that's why I like doing this podcast because I'm revisiting movies I haven't watched in forever. Um, <laughs> and realizing that this movie was released ten years ago made me think, oh wow, is it been that long? And kind of has. It feels like it has been like. 10 seconds Longer. because yeah 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 or really yeah you feel um, like it's but, been shorter yeah but lucky I like you shorter. i need to live your life okay <laughs> since you feel like it's been shorter well now that i'm not working at a a trade anymore it is the days are kind of a little bit easier. right right <laughs> um, well thanks um, for having me yeah but is there anything you would like to plug where can people find you on the social medias and all that yes you can follow me on twitter at travel anderson on instagram at rayjohn r-a-y-z-h-o-n and if anybody out there is listening and wants to give me a lot of money you can contact me via for for legal things i don't do that illegal stuff for legal things travelanderson.com Cool. And also your podcast. You have your podcast. Oh, yeah, I do that oh, too. Plural, plural. <laughs> oh, don't remind me. <laughs> um, I My main podcast is called Fanti, F A N T I. I co host that with Jared Hill, available wherever you get Slayworthy Audio, whether you're listening to, wherever you're listening to this, this podcast right yeah. here. Okay. Um, and we have complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our life, the people, places, and things that you love, that you stand, that you're huge mm -hmm. fans of, yeah. but have anti feelings toward. Mm -hmm. 
and well and then your you have your other podcast that is it is it is it the, the limited series at entertainment weekly? oh the limited yeah. series <laughs> yes i did a limited series podcast with entertainment weekly called untold stories beyond the binary it's all about non-binary visibility in media every single voice that you hear is a non-binary person every single person that touched touched it all of the producers all nice. of the video editors the audio editors everybody's non-binary so check that out as well I did not know that er the whole ass team, whole ass every, team. <laughs> every single person, and that wasn't intended, but it happened Are that you way. serious? Um, wow. Yeah, it wasn't. I, you know, the, the podcast team is headed up by um, a non-binary person and mm. they just, I think, it was intentional and important for them to have non-binary people at every stage. Mm -hmm. And so they hired on, you know, um, non other non-binary folks to do the that's, video. And, see, and that's what happens, y'all, when you hire. That's why you got to hire you, more different, you, diverse folks, right? Because we, you know, that's how we think. We think differently. Yes. We think in uh, we think in terms of inclusion. I mean, we'll, so. we'll still hire white people, but, you know, we. Yeah, every we, now and again, we, you know. <laughs> Every now, once in a blue moon, you know. You know, listen, uh, we, we have our quotas. We'll bring y'all in too. Okay, it's cool. Someone's uh, gonna but, hate me for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, well, your 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 fanside co-host is gonna be on here too, and I'll, I'll tell oh, you yay. later what we're uh, what we're gonna talk about to oh, leave the Lord. viewers uh, kind of excited. But Travel, thank you so much uh, for for talking about the help. Uh, you know, let's you know you're they, they you are you are kind. <laughs> yes, I'm I am gonna, kind. I'm smart. I am important, and so I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna repeat that. I, I, that makes me feel weird. <laughs> Say it in like an accent or whatever. I understand but, that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Travel. No problem. Problematic Fave is presented by Diaspora and made possible by the Center for Asian American Media. The podcast is also produced by Dino Ray Ramos and Andrew Merrill, who also edited this episode. Please subscribe to Problematic Fave on Apple Podcasts and give us a nice rating, because we will read them, and they help! Diaspora is an alternative digital film and TV publication and media platform that focuses on people of color, the LGBTQIA community, the disabled community, women, and other historically marginalized communities in film, TV, and media. You can visit the site at thediasporatimes.com and follow on Instagram and Twitter at, at @realdiaspora. Thanks for listening.